Welcome to episode 162 of Friars in the Farm podcast. Along with me is Roy. Nobody does it better than the San Diego Padres. Dude, nobody does it better than the San Antonio missions. That's for sure. Dude, and I've never like, you know, I'm looking at I just come on to, to do this. And I look at it, it says music, the human beings, uh, nobody but me. I'm like, who the hell is this? I'm thinking it's some kind of hip hop song. Literally didn't know it was the human <laughs> beings. Didn't know it was nobody but me. I put it on Spotify. I'm like, oh, I had no idea either. I just searched for no, 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 no. <laughs> And it's nobody can do the shimmy like I do. Yeah, well, nobody can throw back foot sliders like Kevin uh, Cops. Like Kevin Cops. And some of that, you know, in, in just it's the greatest thing is that it was Lake Bakker's first time back um, from Tommy John. And God dang, if they didn't throw a combined no hitter, just just insane. And he only threw three innings, three perfect innings. And there were two walks away. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but two walks away from a perfect game. Yeah. And, you know, in the minor leagues, you don't see individual uh, no hitters, perfect games, whatever. There, right, there isn't right. any of that. People aren't generally stretched out for that. So uh, but to me, a combined no hitter counts like it's one one a people diminish yeah. the combined no hitter. Like, come on, Un- unless your team loses the game. Hello, Cincinnati Reds. Uh, <laughs> Shots and, fired. And they all count roughly the same. A no hitter is a tremendous accomplishment, regardless of how many pitchers it took to get the job done. Damn. You know, and I was at my game yesterday and yeah, it happened yesterday, right? Yes, of course it did. Um, it happened yesterday and I was at my game and I come home and I'm like, okay, it's going through Twitter. We're check some scores. See if the game started. Holy cow. There it is. Bam. Bam. Yeah. And, and the clips of everybody going nuts after the game. I mean, you can tell it's a bunch of guys that enjoy playing together. And, and it was a moment that everybody shared. Yeah. And I think, you know, say what you want about major league, say about no hitter, combined no hitters. I just think they're harder to do in, in the minor leagues because eventually someone that comes in, you know, is going to throw a fat one, you know, and they do happen to case. And I think another one happened earlier this season, maybe. Um, if not a new one happened last year, but it seemed to be harder to do in the minor league level simply because you have most of the time, you know, all the time, actually more than one pitcher. Right. Right. So then you bring somebody new in who knows what kind of command that guy is going to have, you know, throws, winds up leaving a, a, a slider that backs up over the plate and there goes the no hitter. There goes the shutout and back to regular baseball. Uh, right. So, Hey, before we start this, I, I, I just got to apologize if I sound kind of dopey. Um, apparently I have been taking Tylenol PM, uh, for headaches at work. Um, I didn't realize that until this weekend till I, I, I had a headache and I'm like, oh, honey, where's the Tylenol? She's like, there's some Tylenol PM in, in the cabinet. I look at it, look at the blue pill. I'm like, all right, I, I need to, I, I have a headache. We have no other aspirin or whatever. Pop it in my mouth. I sleep all night, Saturday night. Uh, I get to work today. I got a little bit of a headache. Um, little crink in my neck. I'm like, ah, you know, I don't just pop an aspirin. I'll be fine. I pop it in my mouth, and as I'm swallowing, I'm like, that was a blue pill. And then, like, 20 minutes later at work, I'm like, hello. <laughs> oh my god! And I, I just, I was cranky, and like, I told my coworker, and I, one of my staff, I'm the manager there. I'm like, look, I think I just took a Tylenol PM. If I, if I'm cranky, if I look stupid, if I like, and she just. For the next three hours, she's like, you look like you're on drugs. <laughs> I oh, my gosh. Weird. I was a little short because it was I'm like, ah, you know, when I get tired, I get cranky, whatever. Um, so just bear with me here more so than most times, I would say. But you're not going to operate any heavy machinery, right? No, no. You're home. You're not. Yep. Yeah, OK, you're good to go. Although this focus right thing, this uh, <laughs> it's heavy machinery for me. So anyways, batting lead off. Uh, the missions combined no hitter. This is from Joe Trez, uh, MILB contributor. To see Kevin Cops react, it looked like the end of any other game. His teammates left him <laughs> near about the, uh, letting him hear about the lack of emotion afterward. After they'd spilled out on some on home dugout in elation, engulfed their closer in the center of Nelson Wolf Stadium, and later as the clubhouse party raged because the back foot slider, the right-handed reliever, uncorked to strike out Caden Pollock. Polkovich didn't end just in another game. Double A San Antonio no hit Arkansas during a 4 0 win with Cobbs and three others combining on the 15, 15th, ninth inning no hitter in franchise history. Uh, it was also the missions have been around since the 
and seven eighteen hundred. So fifteen in that long of a period of time isn't a lot. Um, it was the mission's first no-no since Logan Allen and Jason Jester in 2018, and the eighth thrown in the minors in 2022. So I guess they must happen quite often. There you go. Uh, quote, it was one of those when it seemed like the stars and the moon and the sun all lined up. Missions manager Philip Wellman said all four pitchers on the same day commanded their fastball and their secondary stuff. I saw more sliders and changeups for strikes today than I'd seen all year long. San Antonio's pitchers came two walks away from perfection, issuing three pa- free passes in the eighth and ninth for Arkansas's only base runners. Starter Lake Bacher and winner Moises Lugo, 2-0, combined for six perfect frames, with Bacher striking out two in three innings in his first affiliated appearance since August 28, 2019. The former fifth-round pick missed the canceled 2020 season and all of 2021 recovering from Tommy John surgery. What a heck of a way to come back. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, he really set the tone, and I think that got everyone hyped because of the road he's traveled, Wellman said. That was great to see. Feeling his own with sliders and change-ups, Lugo followed by striking out three over three innings of middle relief. Ready Carlos Berlin was unhittable in the seventh and eighth, though his walk of Cade Marlowe ended the perfecto bid in the later frame. Cops, the Padres' number 15 prospect per MLB pipeline, came on for the ninth. The righty induced two weak outs, issued a walk, and then punched out Polkovich to end it. That's when the anticipation that had been building spilled out onto the field. Quote, we did the usual baseball thing, and I didn't put any attention towards it until it happened, Cop said. I was pretty excited, but I didn't show it that much. I don't really show a lot of emotions. I got a few comments in the locker room about not looking excited, but that's just kind of how I take things. But the weight of their accomplishments soon became clear, even to cops. Afterward, he and Wellman highlighted catcher Chandler Siegel's contributions on an afternoon that turned into a historic effort. Quote, I was a little slow getting into the locker room, and then they basically ripped off my jersey in the party, <laughs> cops said. I think this adds to the confidence of our staff and our whole, whole team as a whole. Added Wellman, these don't happen very often, but when they do, it's special. It never gets old. That's for darn sure. And you love seeing Willie be in the part of that. Like he's such a, he's just an old school guy. And I'm sure he's seen several of them before, including the last one here that the missions have done, but just how cool is that? He's old school, but he can get yeah. fired up just the same. And so when you see a group of kids that are having fun together like that, and, and the coaches are all a yeah. huge part of it. Yeah. This is a, a whole team accomplishment. And I think you for, for as a combined no hitter, I think I like that, that yeah. you've got what three or four different pitchers that, that all contributed four pitchers in this game. And then I'm sure there were some nice defensive plays and all of this. And even the guys that weren't in the game were still, you know, contributing, uh, yeah, but so cops talking about how how quiet it was and how nobody, you know, at some point you get into the fifth, sixth inning, you realize there's zeros up there and yeah. everybody just kind of gets quiet and does, everybody has to sit in the same spot. Don't don't mess anything up. Right. <laughs> no one's talking to me. Right. OK, so moving on, we've got a few roster moves to talk about. Um, Trace Thompson cleared waivers and elected free agency. Um, I wasn't surprised that he cleared waivers. My only question was whether he was going to go back to El Paso or elect right. free agency. Um, but it totally makes sense. And he's going to be looking for the next path to a major league paycheck, wherever that may be. So thank you for your service, Trace Thompson. Yeah. Um, and. On the major league side, the signing of Robinson Cano, uh, we haven't had a chance to really discuss this. It kind of came out of left field for me. What, what do you think of this? You know, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. Here's the deal. Like uh, his production, obviously, is old, same, like the same age as my dad in baseball years. He's 39 years old. Um, his production years are way past his prime. And you can almost, you know, and you can say what we've known our whole Padre fandom is, here we go, signing another guy that's going to washed up and on his way out the door, and we're going to make him a part of our team. Well, this uh-huh. is different this time. This he's He's been given this role off the bench, although he started on Sunday. He's going to be a left-handed bat off the bench. He's in the DH every now and then, filling spots here and there to give guys rest. Um, the knowledge and experience that he has, and I think that veteran, just that veteran leadership that he brings uh, is worth major league minimum. Right. And he, he has a relationship with Tatis and Machado. You know, Absolutely. there's there's something that he brings there. I, I like the part that it's a major league minimum deal. And as far as I know, it's just for this one year. So if he sticks around until Tatis comes off the IL or at some point they wind up, you know, cutting him loose, 
so be it. It's the, the, the amount of risk is minimal and he's not really taking playing time away from anybody that's, that's screaming for it right now. Right. And then when, when, uh, when Beatty comes off the IL, I'm sure they're going to D I'm sure they'll DFA Beatty and that will be, that'll be the, uh, you know, th that'll take up the roster spot right there. Um, and, and, and maybe we catch lightning in a bottle. Maybe on occasion he runs into one or a pitch hits and, you know, gets a knock in the RBI that we need. Um, other than that, I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, we're, uh, we still, I would have liked to have seen like a Matt Matthew Batten come up and, and get a shot, but then, you know, his time will come. Believe us. Right. Matt, if you listen to this podcast, anyone in his family, believe me, your time is coming with the Padres are on a major league team because you definitely deserve to see some major league time. Seems like he's been hitting a home run just about every game, but we'll get to that in the, uh, in the rundown. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I was a little bit surprised, I, I expected them to cut Sergio Alcantara loose, the infielder yeah. that they just picked up off waivers from the Diamondbacks. And instead it was Denelson Lamette being optioned to triple a. So I found that interesting. Lamette has definitely struggled. His yeah. breaking stuff doesn't look the same. He doesn't have the same velocity. His his command obviously is is struggling. Um, so you shorten your bullpen by one, and your bench is a little bit longer. Um, and it kind of paid off a little bit in yesterday's game. That extra innings game, putting Sergio Al Alcantara on second yeah. base in a yeah, in absolutely. a you know pinch runner situation, but that's pretty limited role for that that roster spot. Uh, I, I was expecting him to be a turn and burn kind of a guy, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, but let Lamette go down there. Like, there's tons of value. Remember, he was a Rule Five guy. No, no, was not Lamette. No, no, he was signed as an amateur, international amateur by. Okay, he God, actually predates Preller. He was signed by whoever was before Preller. Right. I remember was if that was John, Burns was or Hoyer John. or one of those guys. <laughs> well, I mean, so let him go down there and figure it out when it's less pressure. Uh, get his confidence back, find where he needs to be, make that transition that seems to be hard for some starters to go into the bullpen. Right. And then yeah. we have another, another piece. So while we're on the major league minute now, yesterday after the game, they were asking the um, Ryan Christensen, the interim manager, um, you know, Bob Melvin surgery came back. Uh, all good news. No cancer. cancer free. Sounds like the recovery is going to be fairly straightforward. So good for him. But anyway, uh, they asked about the starting rotation moving forward and they're going to skip both Gore and Martinez. They're both going to go to the bullpen. They're both going to be available after uh, uh, Clevenger and Snell's upcoming starts. So Snell's going to make his next start. Right. And then those guys will be available as a piggyback, if you will. Um, and that doesn't mean that they're going to, I saw, I think Dennis Lynn said that the Padres are playing 40 games in the next 42 days. Yeah. So this is just a grinder of a schedule coming up. Yeah. And so I guess it makes sense to go with some kind of a, of a, of a quasi six man rotation. I don't nice. love putting Gore in the, I don't love putting Gore in the bullpen no. and, and messing with his routine. Um, yeah. But hopefully they're communicating everything with him and, and he's on board with all of this and, and it's not going to mess him up. Yeah, do you get ACs? Do you do you get AC? Do you subscribe to the Union Tribune? I so, do not subscribe to the Union Tribune, but I get his his daily newsletter. So in 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 the article for the Union Tribune, he talked to Gore, and Gore's like, "Whatever it takes to win." Like, right. It, it, Max said everything perfect. Um, you know, it's going to be once around through the. He, he doesn't have to come up and waste innings down in the minor leagues. I don't think they're wasteful, but certainly it gives him another look, another, another tool in his belt that it can come maybe in long relief. If something happens in the future where there's just, once again, too many people and he can learn how to do that. That's just another weapon for the Padres. And as much as I hate not seeing him come start, it's, it, you know, I guess it's okay for keeping him up here and using him wherever we can. Right. And they're not going to have him get hot and then sit down and get hot, right. sit down right. in, in a game like that. He's going to come in when it's Scheduled. a pretty prescribed situation that, okay, it's going to, he's going to go four innings or this many, you know, and then, so it's, it's not going to be one of those yo-yo things where you're jerking around with a, with a reliever. And it's, to me, that seems like the worst when, when you see these guys that get hot and then they have to sit down. And then it's like, I just threw a whole game's worth of pitches just in right. warmups. Now what? Okay, so moving on with transactions, uh, the Padres signed co infielder Connor Kaiser to a minor league contract and assigned him to the missions. 
Kaiser 25, the Pirates third round pick in 2018 out of Vanderbilt University, taking two picks after Padres drafted infielder Owen Miller, Ooh. signed for $625,000. He spent some time with AAA Indianapolis before the Pirates released him earlier this month. He's hit 210, 316, 316 in 182 games as a professional. God, what a steal Owen Miller was. Just preller in his business because he is doing really well for Cleveland. And I mean, even before he, he, like we're trying to get him on the podcast <laughs> during spring training and he kind of blew us off. I remember he, we, you know, he's like, Oh, his dad's here or something like that. Like he, he kind of blew us off, which is fine. But like, you know, you just knew that guy was going to hit and you saw it early and you knew what was going to happen. Um, good for Owen, but damn. Yeah. Yeah. There have definitely been some that got away that man, I wish we could have him back. Yeah. Uh, so Wyatt Hoffman, son of Trevor, will head back to extended spring training. Uh, Hoffman, 22, went one for five in a pair of games with the missions. Um, he's a shortstop infielder. Yeah. Um, and then with all the movement in the El Paso outfield, Thomas Malone went down to the missions. The 27-year-old got off to a slow start with the Chihuahuas, but he'd been red hot, hitting 368, 429, 632 with a homer in 19 May at bats. Uh, and then the tin caps made a pair of roster moves with left-handed pitcher Ramon Perez heading to the summit city and right-handed pitcher, Jason Reynolds retiring Perez 22 has pitched for three different affiliates this year, pitching to a 7.36 ERA in 11 innings and Reynolds age 23 was drafted by the Padres in the 32nd round at a Lehigh university of 2019. He pitched well last year with the storm, but struggled this year with the tin caps in six outings. Reynolds had a 9.82 ERA in seven and a third innings. We wish Jason all the best. Yes. And that comes from Mad Friars. Yeah. So clearly he was a favorite of the writers there. I, I know that they put out an interview with him at one point. Yeah. And it's just, you know, when you're around a, a team, there are a couple of people that are more talkative, helpful, engaging. And uh, he must have been one of those guys for the Mad Friars folks. So it's it's always sad when you see somebody hang up the cleats, but it's it's got to be for, for the yeah. right reasons. He's moving yeah. on to something bigger and better, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Particularly at a young age, doesn't have to go through the grind. You kind of see where you are in the organization. Uh, and sometimes, you know, the organization will kind of let you know, like, here's this is where you're going to be. Um, you know, guys will stick around for as long as they want, as long as they can. Uh, some way much longer than they should. But hell, if you're playing professional baseball, why not? And you can swing it and you don't have the, you know, the family commitments or whatever. You could do it. Fantastic. But others are like, OK, this is it. I'm done. Go be a high school coach. You know what I mean? Go right. coach to college, you know. So on a side note, um, I'm going to take us a little off off the beaten path right now. There was a conversation uh, today about Matt Brash that I saw yeah. on Twitter, and it pointed me toward a conversation I saw with Kyle Bodie of Driveline from a couple days ago. And what Kyle Bodie was talking about was that while he was with the Reds, he was their director of pitching development or some, something along those yeah. lines. And he wanted to make it a point to put – just as much effort into the non-drafted free agents and the late round uh, draft signees and the guys that didn't sign for a whole lot of bonus, right. um, you know, put your, put your efforts towards them just as much as you are toward the top prospects. Um, and it's something that he was adamant about, but he got some pushback from the, uh, from the front office. And this had to do with, a, he cited a specific example of a guy that had done really well and wound up getting released. And you're looking at his numbers and you're looking at everything like, okay, this guy's getting the job done. He's doing everything right. we're asking him to do. Why isn't he coming back? And they're just seen as organizational filler air quotes. Right. Right. But then you look at somebody like Matt Brash that, yeah, he had a special slider when we saw him in Tri-City and that little taste, but he was kind of a, eh, you know, you, you didn't hear a lot of people talking about it. I know John right. Conniff was, was liked him from the look that he got on him, but you didn't hear people talking about him. Then he goes to the Mariners and they tweak a couple of things. And next thing you know, he's making the front page of the athletic as the, the next big thing in pitching. And we've like, when Michael Curry, decided to, to retire. And he put out yeah. that scathing letter talking about who gets opportunities, who gets the, the advancement, who gets the help, who doesn't get the opportunities, who winds up getting passed up while watching other people go ahead of him. And it's unfortunately, it's a part of just the game, the, the business of, of baseball yeah. that you've got guys that are there just to, just to fill a roster spot and you need people to pitch however many hundreds of innings throughout the course right. of a season. Right. And it's, it's just too bad. And so you look at, at, you know, somebody like Jason Reynolds, you, he never really, he never really showed all that well, 
Right. So it might've been the kind of thing with him, like, okay, if you want to stick around, you know, we have a spot for you if you right. want it, but you're not going to get far. It, it, it stinks that, that it's like that, that you want everybody to have that chance to, okay, let's take a look at your release point and your spin axis and, and how you're gripping the ball and work on all this stuff where most of these guys, they're just, okay, go throw a bullpen. All right. You're going to pitch right. on Tuesday. Oh, he can't pitch on Wednesday. So you got to pitch on Wednesday too. Well, you know, and, and well, Hey, where's Matt Brash today? Didn't they send him down? They did send him down. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably going to, I mean, he's still an incredibly talented guy. Right. It's just, it, it seems everybody was saying he's going to be a reliever and now, okay. He made a few starts and he looked good and then he looked right. not so good. And now it sounds like he's going to come back as a reliever, which it's whatever. Yeah. You'd be, a, you, can be, be a, you can still make the hall of fame as a reliever in this sport. <laughs> Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with every, every pitcher in professional sports started out. Well, almost started out as a starter. Some mm-hmm. point they were the starter. They were the, they were the top guy. Um, you know, it's funny how, you know, that, that, talking about that reminds me of the, the money ball situation when he's talking to uh, Grady Fuzon um, and, and uh, you know, and Billy beans, like I've seen you talk to those kids. I've seen you tell them when you have major league talent, I see major league talent. Your son has it and you don't. And and just you know you wonder what they will what they really tell these guys when when they sign them the undrafted free agent hey we you know hey will it take a chance on you hey we're gonna give you five thousand dollars you know five thousand dollars to sign um and see where you go uh, I wonder how much buttering up that takes or it's just like here's you know phone call for, phone call this is what we have for you take it or leave it right yeah and my mind goes to Sam Williams the most recent guy that I. You saw that we right. followed fairly closely and he just Absolutely. retired and same kind of a situation. He was up in 2019 and did everything that the, the, the team could ask of him. He do, he performed well at every single level. I think he even pitched in triple a um, and then yeah, he's gone and he, and he had, had mixed results in triple a. And so you're thinking, okay, this development the next year should be fine. And then he retires. And this isn't an indictment on the Padres. Let's, I want to put this out there because I'm sure this happens with every organization. Right. Not right. every, you know, Kyle Bordy no longer works for the Reds. And there's maybe that's not the reason, but that's probably, you know, there's a reason why he no longer works for the Reds. Um, and he does wonderful work up there at driveline. But I'm sure every organization can't, like the pitching coach is one pitching coach. You know, you have what eight, ten pitchers on a, on every level. Um, you see them throw their bullpens, and I've watched tons of bullpens. And and the you know the the pitching coach goes, oh, you know, blah, 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 you know, say, oh, right there you go. Okay, you know, there's only so much instruction they can do. It really has to do with do they have it, do they see that they have it, and how much money they have invested. So you can't like everyone can't be a project to fix, um, or you know, just try to squeeze every bit of talent with some instruction and development, they have to do that on their own kind of. Right. You know, obviously, and the guys will make that they will give them more money, get the better chances and probably get a little bit better instruction. For sure. Um, while we're off the rails today, I found a new favorite independent league team. I was checking out, I was browsing through Instagram and I follow a bunch of Padres minor leaguers and former minor leaguers now. Uh, right. And a while ago, I saw that Hansel Rodriguez is pitching again. And then just today, I saw that Austin Smith is in a uniform again. Yes. Austin Smith is now pitching. Both of these guys are now pitching for the New Jersey Jackals of the Pioneer League, which is affiliated with Major League Baseball, but it is an independent league. Um, So the... The New Jersey Jackals, I'm keeping a track of a couple of my favorite former Padres farmhands. Uh, Austin Smith never, unfortunately, he didn't post any good numbers with the Padres system, but I've I've been around the guy a couple of times, and he's just always positive, always upbeat, super friendly guy. And then Hansel Rodriguez, I was at the game in Lancaster when he hurt his elbow, and what happened was he actually, his, his ligament ripped the bone. It fractured his bone. He Holy broke his God. elbow and you could hear the pop and you saw him walking off the, and it was uh, my heart just sank uh-huh. and he got signed by the angels as a minor leaguer after going through surgery and rehab. And then apparently it happened a second time. So now he's back after all of that and he's pitching again. So both of those guys, New Jersey Jackals, that's uh, now a team that's on my list to follow. That's funny. The, uh, the pioneer league used to be the league uh, in the North, like of uh, the, 
the Missoula Paddleheads and the um, the Reds uh, short season team. Uh, God, I can't. They're in Helena. I think they're the Helena. Uh, but that was they used to be the Pioneer League. But now yeah. it's up in the up in the East. Yeah, yeah. It used to be like low sing, short season, single A, rookie yeah. league, whatever. Now it's an independent league team. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, so let's move on. Yes, so, get us back on the rails, Don. Yeah, back goodness. on the rails with John Connors' interview with Corey Rozier. So thank God, like once again, I'm gonna say this again. There's not a lot of there's not a lot of attention coming from the internet from the national media for for any of the Padres prospects. So we're relying a lot on on more so relying on John Conniff and Mad Fries for content. This is a really great little interview that he has with uh, Corey Rozier. Corey Rozier was acquired on the tr- on a on the trade that sent Adam Fraser to Seattle. See, there's that pound all PM kicking in. Um, <laughs> Rozier was a 12th round pick out of the University of North Carolina Greensboro, where he hit 354, 434, 604 in his junior season with 17 stolen bases and 23 attempts. After a one game stopover in the Arizona Complex League, he was sent to Low A Modesto, where he hit 390, 461, 585. And 141 plate appearances, primarily playing center field. In the Padres organization, he paired with Robert Hassel III and Joshua Ramirez to form a talented outfielder group in high A Fort Wayne. All three are more than capable of handling center, and each has his offensive upside. As of May 14th, he's hitting 218, 381, and 355 with 12 stolen bases and 14 attempts. I want to know about that and how he got one game in the Arizona Complex right. League. Like, what was the whole point of that? Why don't you just send him straight out to, to Modesto? And does he have his own car? How does he get out there? And they're not going to fly him out there. Or maybe they do fly him out there. I always like hearing those stories though. Like, yeah. okay, you need yeah. to be in San Antonio on Tuesday. Okay. How am I going to make that happen? <laughs> you put up some great numbers at UNC Greensboro, which isn't the biggest place. And then you put up great numbers in your first year of pro ball. Did that shock a lot of people? Corey Roser laughs. I definitely don't think they were expecting that. You had a batting average of 390 and a 460 on base percentage. That shock, that should shock anybody, no matter where you are drafted. It was mainly about sticking to my process and just trying to take it day by day. Trust the process. That's all you can do. Hey, the pros are supposed to be much more difficult than college. Why were your numbers so much better? Honestly, I think in college, there were not as many top tier arms. And sometimes I would try to extend my zone and try to do more with the pitch than I should. In the pros, it was more about just staying in my zone and looking for a pitch that I could do damage with. I find that interesting. I've heard that story a couple of times that as the pitching got better, they felt like they were able to wait for their pitch right. rather than just kind of taking whatever they could find. Right. You know, funny and short story off the rails. And we should maybe play crazy train to start this. Um, I played a team this weekend that the guy just threw it up there and I can't I can't hit that. I can't hit the guys that just kind of lob it over the plate. If you give me some velocity, some consistency with speed, I, you know, I'm not going to drop my hands and dip my shoulder and open up early. So um, I didn't get a hit this weekend, but I, I just, I, I understand that. And it's, and when they're throwing consistent strikes, you can kind of stay in the zone a little bit better as well. Maybe you should play some slow pitch softball to get I, used to I, those EFIS pitches. I can't, I can't. The guy threw an, he did, he threw an EFIS pitch and, and, I popped it up to first base. God, I barely got the bat hit on it. Uh, anyways, off the rails. It seems like your game is built around speed and hitting the ball to all fields, not necessarily power. Defensively, you can play all three outfield positions. Pretty much, I try to get on base to help my team win, and I feel confident anywhere in the outfield. Offensively, I do have some power, but it's more about putting the ball into the gap so I can run. Ah, oh, and there's a dog. How did you find out? <laughs> there's Roy has... Uh, has a dog on his lap now how did you uh find out that you got traded that had a bit of that there's the tylenol pm again (laughs) sorry guys that had to be a bit of a shock to see you uh so early in your career he laughs a little bit that was a wild process because i was actually training in florida with one of my friends when i got the call that i had been traded it caught me a little off guard but in the end i think there's a little more opportunity for me in san diego all right, so your batting average isn't where you want it now, but your walk rate is on pace from last year and one of the best in the Midwest League. The strikeout rate is about where it was last year, too. So are you just missing on pitches you want to hit? Uh, Corey, yes, 100%. I think it's just early in the year, and I'll get back to squaring balls up in the gap and running them out. Uh, and I think 
one part of that is the weather. The weather is yeah. a little bit more inconsistent now, especially in Fort Wayne than it is yeah. you know, once you get more into the summer. Okay. Um, it looks like you're getting close because even your outs are loud. A few guys we've talked to say that one of the signs of being a pro is when your routine stays the same, regardless of the results. Is that true with you, Corey? Yes. In this game, uh, you're going to fail more than you succeed. So you have to trust your process and routines that keep you grounded and confident throughout the whole year. That's much easier to write than to do. How long did it take you to get to that place with your co- with your confidence? And how did your success last year impact it? Uh, yes, even on days when you don't feel you your best, you have to trust yourself. You know that you didn't get to where you are by not being good. It's just about being better and trying to find a way to do it every day. You get confidence from knowing that you're putting the work in to be better. I've always been fascinated by players that bat the opposite way from which they throw. So how did you get to be a left-handed hitter? Uh, Corey, my theory, and I don't hundred percent know, I tried to throw <laughs> left-handed and then someone told me I could play more positions if I was right-handed. So I start to throw right-handed. And I think he says in, in this article that he does everything left-handed except for throwing a ball. Really? A little bit unusual. Usually you see guys that everything they do is right-handed, but then they'll swing a bat lefty. He's kind of the opposite of that, but that's been a trend among Preller's guys that he's picked up lately, whether it's through the draft or international, whatever. A lot of guys that that throw righty, but hit from the yeah. left-hand side of the plate. Left-handed bats are very valuable. Yeah. Well, you're two steps closer to first base. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little tougher to shift that way. I, I yeah, I guess there's gotta be some reasons for it. Yeah. He's got so his then, types. There is. So let's, uh, let's move on to the affiliate rundown. And, uh, you know, it, it's been a tough week for Lake Elsinore. And it's been it's a tough, been a week, tough for, week for a lot of the affiliates. Yeah, yeah. So strike one Thursday, Matthew Acosta hit a pair of solo shots at night after connecting on another, including one as Elsinore's ninth inning comeback fell just short from the storm. Acosta, a 12th round pick in 2019, is now one home run behind his 2021 total after bashing his fourth and fifth round trippers of the season. Justin Farmer hit a second double of the season and stole a base. The 2021 undergrad uh, undrafted free agent from Florida International has now swiped nine bags on the season after stealing zero bases in 16 games in the Arizona Complex League last season. 20-year-old Jairo Irarte, I like this kid. This kid's got some great velocity, great slider. Um, He's just running into, you know, he's got a little command issues. Uh, continues to impress in his return to Lake Elsinore as the Venezuelan righty has now collected 33 strikeouts and 24 innings pitched to go with a 1-0 record and a 3.0 ERA. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear that Farmer didn't rack up any stolen bases in the complex league last yeah. year. I mean, 16 games isn't a big sample, but right. the guy's fast. I saw yeah. him do that inside the park home run, and speed's obviously part of his game, you know, defense in the outfield, as well as you just running the bases you know, legging out an extra base. I'm surprised he didn't get any stolen bases last year. I wonder yeah, if that's I, something that they told him to, to, to not be so aggressive or, or right. what? Probably there's a probably confidence level there as an undrafted guy. You know, you, you're, you're, you're just like, you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed and you don't want to get caught stealing and it look bad. Right. You know, these guys are yeah. pros. Right. As an undrafted free agent and every mistake you make must feel like, it gets you one step closer to the door. Exactly. Exactly. Ugh. Okay. So strike two on Saturday, Lucas Dunn continues to be a key contributor for the Lake Elsinore offense. After a single and a walk Saturday, he has a 283, 434, 453 slash line while playing around the infield and even left field. After making his catching debut earlier yeah. in the week, and he told you about having a catcher yeah. smith with him, yep. uh, he'll get an opportunity to do more work behind the plate in the coming weeks. Dustin leads the squad and hits doubles and RBI. Michelle Baez, age 26, made his fourth appearance with the Storm, again, cutting a day off his layoff between appearances and looks to be ready to move up. Baez, one of the big signings from the 2016 International Draft class, is coming off of Tommy John surgery. So, so as he's rehabbing, you, know, you work every five games, then you work right. every four games, then you work every three games, and eventually they want to see that you can go back to back yeah. You know, at least once in a while and show that you can recover and be ready to go the next time. And lately, it sure looks like the Padres bullpen has needed a little bit of reinforcement. So seeing guys like him come back, uh, I mean, Jose Castillo's in, in AAA. Yeah. You're about to talk about Adrian Morajon. Um, it's encouraging to see these reinforcements starting to get healthy again. Yeah. And the big names. So they've gotten plenty of opportunities. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up in San Antonio to get. Oh, the- yeah. 
to, to move up. It had skipped Fort Wayne, go right to double A, um, and maybe finish him up in triple A by the end of the season. Well, but, and what we've seen, what we've seen from like Blake Snell, he was just pitching wherever there was an opportunity, Yeah, you know, wherever there was an opening in the, in the rotation. And it made sense for him because he was traveling with the big league team. Um, so with bias, it might not necessarily be about the level of competition that he's facing. It's more about maybe the coaches that are there or the accommodations yeah. that they, you know, transportation to and from that kind of stuff. Yeah. And you always catch Preller in the, in the, uh, in the stands when he pitches. <laughs> so strike three Sunday, San Jose jumped out to a quick 4-0 lead and never looked back, making his second rehab start. Adrian Morahone showed good velocity and action on his pitches, but seemed out of sorts from the beginning. The lefty struck out the leadoff batter on a breaking ball in the dirt, but his ca- catcher couldn't find it, putting a runner on first. After a single, Van Braun, Vaughn Brown, sorry, lofted a ball to the wall in right field that might have been caught, but instead turned into a triple. Morahone got ahead of the next hitter, 1-2, but after a pair of foul tips, elevated a fastball that was turned around for another single. He did record a second strikeout, this one actually retiring the hitter, but allowed another single on his 33rd pitch of the game and gave away without getting another out. The 23-year-old has often struggled to get his results to match the significant talent since signing in the class of 2016. Sunday, he seemed to struggle to move when things didn't go his way. And that's something that we've you notice about him physically, you can see it. Like you can just see the body language. Like I just, it's not working. Um, That frustration level um, that we talked about the maturity level with him, like the talents there, the, the, the stuff is there. It's when you don't have the stuff and when things aren't going your way is when you really learn how to pitch. Well, and it's funny because he and Mackenzie Gore are about the same age. Yeah. And then Morahone made his debut way before Gore did. Um, and then everybody was waiting for Gore to come along. But then when we spoke to Mackenzie Gore in spring training of 2018, I want to say yeah. we were both kind of struck by how mature and composed yeah. and there wasn't any like giggly giggy. Right. He, he didn't seem like a kid. It's like right. you're talking to a man and he knows how to he knows how to give the right answers. And you see that on the mound too. that year in in Lake Elsinore. He was good, but then every once in a while he'd go out there and he wouldn't have it, but you would see him grinding through it. You wouldn't see the change in body language. You would just notice that he's not hitting the spots. Maybe his pitches aren't moving the way he wants to, and he still was able to find a way to push through it. Morahone, the stuff is electric. It's always moving. It always has life, but if he's not getting the results he wants, then you see the the, the change in his demeanor, and that's a hard thing to control. You know, and 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 hitters pick up on that. Obviously, coaches are going to see that, but hitters pick up on it. Like, hey, the guy's frustrated. I'm going to wait till he throws me a strike, right? You know, and he's probably going to throw me a fastball. Here it comes, bink. Yeah, Here that's the, a good hitting coach should be picking up on that stuff. Yeah. Hey, so lefty Jesus Gonzalez, right? So lefty Jesus Gonzalez had to leave the game with an apparent ankle injury after walking three straight batters in the sixth. The 20 year old had struck out a season high six batters through his first two and two thirds of innings of work, but all three runners he left on ultimately came around to score. We'll provide an update with, uh, we get on Gonzalez status in the future. Huh? Bummer. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Fort Wayne, again, we are having a tough stretch, <laughs> uh, on strike one on Tuesday, the tin caps had a seven, two lead late in this one, but the bullpen faltered late. Former Padres draft pick Owen Casey hit a grand slam in the sixth inning off right-handed pitcher Nick Thwaites. I was surprised to see Owen Casey on the high A roster, but he's been doing okay. He's been raking. He has. Okay, the Tin Caps are 2-11 and in their last 13 games. Robert Hassel III had a nice game, doubling in a run in the first inning as part of a three-hit night. Hassel was a pest on the base pads as well as he added a pair of stolen bases to his ledger. He has 11 on the season. Corey Rozier reached space three times and drove in a pair. Rozier is second in the Midwest League with 24 walks and his 397 on base percentage ranks eighth. Uh, right handed pitcher Ryan Bergert started and had a bit of an uneven outing, exiting with two outs in the fifth. Bergert missed plenty of bats, but also struggled to locate his fastball and allowed a long home run. The 22 year old has 34 strikeouts in 24 innings with a solid 1.04 whip, but has allowed four homers in 24 and two thirds innings, which helps explain his 4.74 ERA despite his success with limiting base runners. Yeah. On uh, he pitched again this weekend. I almost put it in just to kind of give you a little update. Once again, just gets runners on. That shows brilliance. You know, he's, he's young. He's he's learning. This is his first full season, I believe. Um, 
you see the 33, 34 strikeouts in 24 innings. So he, he's got the stuff. Just you don't know how to stop that bad inning from just snowballing and, you know, making things go downhill. That's a hard thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's going to be an interview with uh, with John Conniff with him uh, in next week's episode. So we'll be able to get some insight from them from him then. Strike two. Tylenol, PM, and all. <laughs> Thursday, the Tin Cubs shut out the South Bend Cubs 5-0. It marked Fort Wayne's third shutout victory so far this season. It snapped South Bend's eight-game win streak. Left-handed starting pitcher Noel Vela spun six innings to lower season ERA to a Midwest low of point. Three, four, stud. The kid will be in double A by the end of the season. Um, he scattered four hits and a walk while striking out eight. Vela had allowed only one earned run and 26 in the third innings and has walked only one batter in his last 11 innings after walking 13 in his first 15 in the third. That's interesting right there. I love seeing guys make adjustments like that. Right. So it could be that he's facing different competition. It could be the different umpires. But I'd like to think that something changed, and now he's staying in the zone. After Vela, right-handed reliever Brandon Komar worked a no-hit seventh. Southpaw Ryan Ucht recorded the first two outs of the ninth inning, and right-hander Felix Majares earned the final four outs. The 25-year-old righty has a 25-9K to base on balls in 13 innings in 2022, his second season of Fort Wayne. Corey Roger hit his third home run of the season as the Tin Caps leadoff hitter is now slashing 281, 439, and 469 in May, having his two of his three home runs in the month. Roger stole his 12th bag of the season, but Robert Hassel III surprised him by stealing a pair of bases to reach 13 on the season. Hassel also walked twice and singled reaching base in the eighth straight game. I love that. Like, oh, you got one? I'm going to get two. Yeah, I hope they have some kind of a bet going through the season. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, strike three on Saturday, down eight nothing on the road, hanging into the fifth inning. The Tin Caps put five runs on the board to get back in the game uh, and got within one in the seventh before South Bend pulled away late. Jared Dale, 21, drove in three as the Australian continued to bounce back from a tough opening month. In May, he's slashing 289, 341, 342, and making much more consistent contact. He's second on the club with 24 hits, 10 of which have gone for extra bases. After logging time everywhere around the field last year, Jay Dale has played all but two games at shortstop this year. At six foot two, 210 pounds, there's probably more power to come. Robert Hassel III, age 20, struck out three times in a game for only the second time all season. He's hitting 350, 421, 537, and has yet to be caught in 13 stolen base attempts. Ooh. Okay, people are asking, when's he going to move up? And the center fielder at the next level is Asturi Ruiz. So yeah. I wonder if they're waiting for something to happen with Asturi Ruiz to open up the spot for Hassel to move up. Let him continue to do what he needs to do. Let and let, oh. you know, just let everyone be. Usually during the All Star, uh, like during the minor league All Star game, is when people start moving up. Yeah, yeah, we're still a good month away from that. Yeah, so let him keep putting up those numbers and just dominating. To uh to keep knocking on the door and Estuary Ruiz, he should be in, you know, he should be in AAA and getting serious looks for the major league team in the next year or so. I hope so. So San Antonio, strike one. Thursday, Matt Waldron lasted six innings for the flying chanclas. Yes. Uh, this was uh his longest outing of the season. He failed to allow a run, giving up only two hits, walking one batter, and striking out six. It was a scoreless tie until the eighth inning when Estuary Ruiz. Third hit of the night gave San Antonio a 1-0 lead before Arkansas tied the game in the ninth. But the Flying Chunklas won the game in extras when Jorge Ona advanced on an error on a pickoff attempt and scored on a wild pitch. Ruiz is on a tear in his return to the mission, slashing 330, 497, 569, with 24 walks and 30 games played. He has reached pace in every game this season. Alec Jacob tossed a pair of scoreless innings in his fifth appearance for the missions. The 16th rounder out of Gonzaga has a 2.20 ERA and 16 and a third innings of work split between Fort Wayne and San Antonio. In front of the podcast, Tom Cosgrove's ERA is down to 1.98 in 13 and two thirds innings after working a scoreless inning his third, uh, for his third win. The lefty had a 2.36 ERA in 26 and two thirds for the missions last year. He is on a really good comeback yeah. strike. Right. Absolutely. So the, uh, the, 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 uh, the the error on the pickoff attempt and the wild pitch reminds me how the Reds lost their no hitter 
it was uh it, they know they lost in the no hitter on a fielder's choice wasn't it, it was a yeah it, it was they walked the bases loaded and then it was an infield ground ball and you know one of those it's got to be a bang bang play to come home with it and the play wasn't there so they scored the run unbelievable i think i so, saw somewhere that there have been 13 no hitters yeah. where the where the team lost it's one of the most rare things in this. It's rarer than a perfect game or an immaculate inning or so many of these other things. You know, it was a hundred green. I was pitching that game too. such a stud. I mean, I remember watching him uh, for the Dayton dragons in, you know, in a couple of years back. And just electric. Everything yeah. he throws is nasty. Yeah. Nothing is straight. He can really, well, like he can hit chair. like 102, something like yeah. that. He tops yeah. out at unreal beast. Okay, strike two on Friday. Reggie Lawson allowed just run, just one run to an aggressive Arkansas lineup over a season high four innings pitched. His fastball sat 91 to 93, and the field for his breaking ball was spotty, but he was a big part of the mission's victory. As part of the breakout season, as far as breakout seasons go, outfielder Estuary Ruiz has been the breakout star of the Padres system over the first 30 games. The athletic outfielder added three more hits to his ledger, and he stole a pair of bases to give him 22 on the season. Ruiz's on-base prowess has been amazing. He's reached safely in all 31 games he's played this season. Ruiz went, ranked sixth in the Texas League with a 1.079 OPS, and his 22 stolen bases lead the league. Infielder Connor Hollis had two more hits on Friday, giving him six multi-hit games in 11 May games. Hollis has been one of the big reasons the missions have played well in May. The former Ray is hitting a blistering 432, 593, 676 this month. And then for strike three, well, we already talked about the no hitter, so we're not yes. going to rehash that. But congratulations to the missions for uh, for making the latest no-no. That's cool. And good to see Reggie Lawson finally come away with a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a good game. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, he was effective. Yeah. You know, it sounds yeah. like the command was, was spotty and the breaking pitches were kind of hit and miss, but I mean, it's what his fourth game back from yeah. Tommy John surgery. So yeah. what do you really expect out of him? Right. I just want him to stay healthy. Absolutely. Just get through the year and show some improvement by the end of the year. And we'll see where we are from there. Cause once again, he was knocking on the door. He was mm -hmm. certainly knocking on the door. Uh, and what did he added a, a couple years back? He added it. Was it a cutter or was it a, was it a slider that he added that kind of really set him apart from everyone else? Yeah. But then at the same time, you can maybe make an argument that that slider might've been what helped like, make his elbow go haywire. Yeah. So uh, El Paso strike one for El Paso Wednesday. Ben David writes this in the last month you've made um, Ben David wrote this. I, I, I had to put this in there because uh I haven't heard about Ben for a long time, and this is a really great. I just I just cut and pasted the whole damn thing. This is really nice. Uh, so uh, if last month made you wonder if CJ Abrams was really one of the top 10 prospects in all of baseball, he quickly reminded people why he is within the first hour of the game. After striking out on a questionable full count pitch in the first, he came up in the second and hit a majestic free run home run down the right field line. An inning later, he homered again. This time to right center field defensively, he looked like he was back at home. He made plays in the hole on both sides of second and running into the outfield. He showed why he is rated so highly defensively and why the Padres are apprehensive to move him off shortstop. Ryan Weathers has made one extremely bad pitch, and it cost him. After giving up a couple of runs in the first, Weathers settled down and cruised through the next three innings. However, in the fifth, he loaded the bases thanks to in parts to a walk and a bloop single, then grooved a one-two pitch. That was hit a very long way. This ball was smoked. So I watched this game. I'm like, damn, nice. Weather's having a good, all right, a little trouble. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. It was like a cannon. Um, that was hit a very long way for a grand slam. That ended his night and turned an 8-2 lead into an 8-6 nail-biter. After sitting 91-93 in his last start, Weather's average fastball Wednesday was 93.9, uh, which is nice. Good to see the velo back. Reliever Jose Castillo made his first appearance off his rehab start assignment in Elsinore, he threw exclusively fastball and slider and had an easy one, two, three inning, including a strikeout of Tommy Listella. He struck out Listella out on a nice 95 mile an hour fastball on the outside corner. He hasn't looked 100% the same as he did in 2019, but he is throwing strikes and getting easy outs. You know, reading about Ryan Weathers, um, He's not he's not the kind of guy that has overpowering stuff that's going to blow through lineups. He's the guy that has to avoid the mistakes. Yep. He can't allow free passes and he has to stay away from the center of the strike zone. 
You know, he, he doesn't yeah. have the fastball, the 98 with life that you can blow it by somebody. Um, so he's going to take his lumps. Yeah. And so you seeing him struggle in AAA isn't necessarily a bad thing. These are, he's learning valuable lessons. He's going to be in the, in the major leagues for a long time. He's going to yeah. be fine. Yeah. Uh, right now it's just a matter of you know, learning, honing his craft and, and figuring that out. I'm sure he's getting a lot of good advice from his dad at the same time too. A- absolutely. And, and you even knew it when he was with the major league team, like he was having some success and you're like, wow, what happened here? Where did he, you know, finally he's, you know, he's, he's breaking out when the numbers, when, when all the other metrics kind of showed that he was getting lucky, like the balls were getting hit to people, you know, he was finding his way to get out of these jams. Um, and so they're like, eventually those numbers caught up to him and, and he's down in triple a learning how to pitch. Another thing they wrote last week on him uh, and mad fires was that he's turning into a ground ball pitcher. And I watched that start, and he was getting guys to ground like one inning, all three ground balls. Like, hell, here we go. You know, obviously, you're not going to have a ground ball every time. And ground ball pitchers don't, you know, it takes a while for pitchers to learn that or do that consistently. But I was, I was seeing that these guys were hitting the pitch that he wanted to throw. And he was hitting it on, and they were hitting on the ground to guys in the infield. Right. And there's a reason why you don't see a lot of ground ball heavy pitchers in the low minors because the defenses behind them can't pick them up. Right. Where you put a ground ball pitcher at Peco Park with Manny Machado and Hassan Kim and Cronenworth and these guys. Yeah. You know, now they can just eat it up. So I, I, I can see how it would be difficult for if he's got a couple of botched plays and then the inning blows up on you. I could see how you'd have a hard time mentally working through that. Yeah. But it's about trusting the process and, and not reading too much into the results. Yeah. And trusting your defense. Okay, strike two. Uh, on Thursday, he did it again. C.J. Abrams hits a two-run shot going three for five with three RBI. Uh, I think he's just going to go down there and mash and mash and mash yeah. until he finally gets to come back up. Well, but you know, know what? Wanna... That's a good thing. He's got – he needs it. Absolutely. And you you want to see the power. That's, that's great to see. But I want to see consistent singles, doubles in the gaps. I want to see more walks. I watched a few of those at – I watched all those home runs. I watched a few of his at-bats of um, – and I noticed in the major league on the major league squad, he was swinging at a lot of first pitches and that's just not what professional hitters do. And I noticed when he was down in triple a, you know, he'd watch that first pitch strike or he would back off the, you know, the, the first pitch back foot slider and, and wait till he got his pitch. It seemed like he was just kind of pressing a little bit too much. Oh, the first pitch in a major league, you know, at bat is going to be a fastball strike. And then he'd swing at it, pop it up or, you know, just not do anything with it. So a little more patience. I think they're really going to want to see more of that, more patience, more control that bats, you know, controlling the strike zone and having some maturity at the plate. Right. And we shouldn't read too much into the home runs because right. El Paso is a bit of a launching pad. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're going to Las Vegas and Reno and Albuquerque, I mean, you've got some of the most pitcher friendly ballparks in all of baseball right there in the PCL dry uh, atmosphere. Yeah. So a good call on the, on the line drives, singles, doubles, triples don't fall in love with the home runs. I mean, heck Shogo Akiyama hit one the other day and he hasn't hit one in two years in the, in the majors. <laughs> okay. So uh, Luis Camposano had a second straight multi-hit game uh, Camposano. Oh, he followed up Wednesday night's two doubles with another two backer. Uh, Camposano is now hitting 368, 400, 561, which is 10 strikeouts and 60 plate appearances. Huge. Matt Batten reached base four times with a pair of walks and a pair of singles. The super utility player is batting 321 and has started at four different positions so far. Uh, I want to step back to Camposano for a second, though, because yeah. I was reading one of these chats on, I don't remember if it was Fangrass, Baseball America, one of these, and they were talking about Camposano and his role with the Padres. And it was pointed out that he didn't start a single spring training game behind the plate. He was dealing with a little bit of, he was a little bit, in, in some kind of injury or something, but okay. still. And then when he came up with the Padres, uh, he was only swinging a bat. He was Pitch. never behind the plate. And so there's definitely development going on with the defense. And you can't look at a catcher and say, well, I don't care how, how much of a hack he is behind the plate. The guy can mash. Right. You, the, the defense is so important and yeah. it's the most important defensive position. And it's not just framing it's blocking. It's managing the running game. It's working with your pitchers, being able to adjust a game plan on the fly based on yeah. things you're seeing with your pitcher and with the hitters making adjustments. Um, there's so much to the position that he needs to get right before he can be a full-time catcher at the major league level. 
Absolutely. And, and showed that maturity, the, uh, you know, the, you know, he's well known for the surly attitude when things don't go his way. Um, and there's plenty of time, like there's plenty of time for him to develop with Nola up there with Alfaro and his flow, like let him just, just mash down there and learn and develop and get better. So when he does come up, like the pitchers will have the confidence in him uh, immediately and, and then he'll be the catcher of the future or, you know, at least a large trade chip. But I certainly see him as, as our catcher of the future. Right. All right. So take us home with strike three. All right. Strike three, Sunday betting out of the leadoff spot. Shogu Akiyama collected three hits, including a triple. The 34-year-old outfielder is now hitting 350, 350, 600. Uh, there's some kind of numerology going on there in four games since joining the organization. Okay, it's four games. The Padres pursued Akiyama when he originally hit the international free agent market in 2019 after a strong career in Japan, but he opted instead to sign with Cincinnati. After two disappointing seasons, Akiyama was released by the Reds during spring training. Luis Camposano collected his fourth multi-hit game in five games in the series and also added a pair of walks. The 23-year-old backstop is hitting 423, 531, 846 with a 7-6 to strikeout-to-walk ratio and 32 plate appearances since rejoining the Chihuahuas earlier this month. Matthew, Okay, Bat- so, so Shogo Akiyama, he's hitting yep. the cover off it now that he's now that he's with the Chihuahuas. Nomar Mazar is hitting the cover off it all over the place. Uh, and the Padres have some issues in their outfield. And you got Will Myers back. He's looked pretty good since coming off the IL. Yep. Profar, he's he's kind of a streaky hitter, so he started off hot, and then he's been cold. Trent Grisham, he can't seem to get out of his funk. He's had a couple of nice line drives the last couple of games, but people are looking for help. But yeah. we just learned with Trace Thompson that he was going off in AAA. Yeah. He was going bananas, and then he gets called up, and he bats .0 whatever. Yeah. And there's such a big difference. And so go back and look at these highlights. Look at these pitches that CJ Abrams has taken out. He's taken meatballs out. He's everything he's been pounding is in the middle of the zone. Yeah. And those aren't pitches that you see major leaguers serve up all that often. And that's what I saw with Trace Thompson when I was in Vegas. I said this before, but what he was hitting out was belt high fastball or slider hanging chest high. And he's just nuking it. Yeah. Mistakes. Yeah. And you, you, that doesn't translate right right so yeah, anyway you know, that was my point only it only translates to matthew batten so here we go matthew batten who hit six homers in each of his last two seasons launches fifth homer of 2022 as he continues to outperform in el paso the 26 year old inferior who also drew two more free passes now carries a 308 417 and 492 line Good for an OPS nearly 135 points higher than he managed in the 228 AAA games coming into the year. Right. So, so believe in Matt Batten's power because we believe in Matt Batten, and I just want to see the kid get a major league. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we the call. All, right. We believe in all, but you know, the, the the walks, the, the the playing four positions, and doing it all pretty darn well um, is has a lot of value. has has a ton of value, and I know our infield's locked in. You know, pretty solidly, but you know, he's going to be there when someone else goes down to get yep. his shot. Be ready. Don't unpack too much. Right. So let, hopefully this is Monday when we're recording this. Hopefully this week, we're going to get a flurry of wins and continue more development in the minor league system. Maybe some Padre wins in a, in a tough series in Philadelphia. They're going off to the San Francisco. Well, they um, just took two out of three out of out of a pretty good Atlanta team. I know yeah. Atlanta's not doing so well on the win loss column, but they're still the defending champions. Absolutely. And they could have had the sweep if it if it hadn't been for a, a rough bullpen game. But you, you know, know, and that was there's yeah, a lot to love about this right now. Absolutely. And that was just what it is. Um the Padres I have a ton of of confidence in Steve Wilson. He is still learning how to be a major league reliever. Um, when he threw the slide, <coughs> excuse me, when he threw the slider to that, that hanging slider to, to a zoom, I'm like, oh, oh boy, you know, yeah. he, he will learn how to limit that damage and get out of it with maybe a run, maybe two at tops. Um, as he continues to get better in triple and you know, in the major leagues, and they're going to continue to put him in those positions. And he has performed other than other than the two bad outings, he's performed stellar in some really high, really high caliber um roles. Right. And to Bill Chris Matt, yeah, in the in the post game, uh Brian Christensen was saying that 
you know, they'll probably wind up giving Chris Matt some more opportunities in those high leverage situations as well, yeah. because he's getting the job done. Yeah. And so they brought in, okay, you think Suarez, Garcia, uh, Wilson, that these are going to be your late inning guys and roles change. Everybody's still trying to find their home. I still think that Robert Suarez is going to be really, really good. Yeah. He's just, he's just figuring it out. He wasn't the guy that was walking people when he was in Japan. He hardly walked anybody in Japan. Right. So something just getting comfortable or I don't, I don't know what, uh, but these guys are good. And there's, there's a lot of talent in that bullpen. There's reinforcements on the way. It's a good time to be a Padres fan right now. It absolutely is. And if you look at our, if you look at our, um, our record, we're in first place in every other division, except for the, against the Mets. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a rough division to be in the NL yeah. West. But it's going to be a it's going to be a, a slaughter all the way to the to the finish. But that's going to only make it more fun. Absolutely. So you can find me on Twitter at SD Donovan. I am at Zippy underscore TMS. Oh, and before we go real quick, we are still continuing to sell the Damage Duo shirts. Yeah, these stickers, changing color mugs. Um, look for us on Twitter for that. I tweeted out. We're also I've opened up the whole storefront. So we've got the Ryan Weathers cool shirts. We have the Dominate the Day, the McKenzie Gore shirts. All that money is going to go to the minor league team for uh, the Chipotle gift card giveaway uh, at the end of July. And I'm thinking if we have a little extra money left over there, I'm going to find out something, get a hold of Terrence from Lake Elsinore. See if he can't do something else for the guys, just to give him a little bit more, uh, show a little more love to the uh, to the guys in Lake Elsinore. Absolutely. So that's on T-Chip, T-Chip.com. Yeah. Um, and then you can find it by looking for Damage Duo. And or then Friars on the Farm. Friars on the Farm. Yeah, you'll find all our stuff on there. All right. All right, let's go Padres. Let's go Padres. <laughs>